Hello, friend. Thanks so much for downloading this podcast. And with all my heart, I hope you hear something that edifies, encourages, equip, enlightens, and then engages you in the marketplace of ideas. But before you go and before you listen, I want to take a quick moment and explain to you this month's truth tool. The book is called I Believe, A Concise Guide to the Essentials of the Christian Faith. You know, it's paramount as followers of Christ that we not only know what we believe, but why we believe it. So questions like heaven and hell, angels, the Trinity, all of these are foundational issues for believing Christians. But sometimes we don't fully understand what it is we believe about Christianity. So the book, I Believe, A Concise Guide to the Essentials of the Christian Faith is just that. It's concise and it's a wonderful guide to explain to you the cornerstones of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. It's yours for a gift of any amount because In the Market with Janet Partial is a listener-supported broadcast. We stay on the air because you pray and give. So if you'd like this month's Truth Rule, just call 877-JANET-58. Ask for a copy of I Believe. That's 877-JANET-58. Or you can go online to InTheMarketWithJanetPartial.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page. There's the cover of the book. Give a gift of any amount. We'll send it to you as our way of saying thank you. While you're on that website, you might want to take a moment, scroll down just a little bit farther, and there's a description of what it means to be a partial partner. These are people who give at a level of their own choosing, and they give every month. They get the truth tool if they ask for it every single month, and they'll also get a newsletter, only people that do, that includes an audio portion that only goes to my partial partners. So if you want to be a partial partner or you're just interested in giving one time to get a copy of I Believe, 877-JANET-58 is the route to go, 877-JANET-58, or online at InTheMarketWithJanetPartial.org. I Believe, a great book for you to put in your backpack as you continue your Pilgrim's Progress. Now, please enjoy the podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome to In the Market with Janet Partial. It's Heart to Heart Friday, where Craig and I share some of the stories making headlines this week, and then we'll offer our insight and analysis. If you'd like to join in the conversation on what we're talking about, please call 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Now let's take a quick look back at some of the other topics we discussed this week. We're so bombarded, and we can we can blame social media for a lot of this, but we're so bombarded with negativity. We're so saturated with so many things that consume our minds, and that's why that's why Paul tells us in Colossians chapter three: fix your thoughts on the realities of heaven, not the things of this earth. And if we can just train ourselves, as Paul says in First Timothy, physical training is good for us. But training for godliness is good for today, and it's good for eternity, because godliness will lead us on that path to God's holiness. Hearing a well-known pastor here in the Dallas Metroplex of a major church on Easter Sunday, I was listening on the radio, and he said, for 2,000 years, people have said Jesus Christ is coming back again. Well, he hasn't come and he's not coming. The first time Jesus came, he came to Bethlehem. But the second coming of Christ is when he comes into your heart. Now that is rank heresy. And unfortunately, it's the heresy that has invaded many churches right now. And uh, the signal theme throughout the Bible, the Old and New Testaments is Jesus is coming back again. We have witnessed a continual rejection of the Word of God 
And when God's word is rejected, that means that people don't know about God. And as my good friend uh, Norman Geisler likes to put out or point out uh, with his uh, uh, pithy dialect, if there is a God who can act, then there can be acts of God. If you don't know the Bible, then you don't know about that God. And so it Mm -hmm. seems like to me that one of the things that can greatly enhance people's understanding of miracles and indeed faith in miracles is exposure to God's Word because doesn't faith come by hearing God's Word? One of my students raises his his or her hand and says, hey prof, what in the world? Why not just ask your question? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, I think we, we might want to consider the fact that the choice My wife has the choice to say, I don't believe so at this point, and I can tolerate that anxiety rather than controlling her and saying, I've got to get an answer right now. That's destructive for a marriage. So the more we can develop choice in a marriage, the more healthy, healthy it is and having a voice. So choice is freedom of decision. Voice is freedom of opinion. It's Heart to Heart Friday. Here are some of the other stories making headlines this week. Microsoft soared to new heights on Wednesday. For the first time ever, the software giant crossed a $3 trillion milestone. Mining companies Vale and BHP and their joint venture, Simaco, will have to pay about $9.7 billion in damages. Peter Navarro, a one-time trade advisor to former President Donald Trump, was sentenced to four months in prison for contempt of Congress. Intel shares plunged as much as 10% in after-hours trade Thursday. It's Heart to Heart Friday on In the Market with Janet Parshall. Craig and I have lots to share, and we'll put the first story on the table when we return. To join the conversation on the topics we're discussing, call 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Christians really believe? What do we stand for? Do we know the essentials of our faith? That's why I've chosen I Believe as this month's truth tool. Know what you believe and how to convey the truth of God's word to a hurting culture. As for your copy of I Believe when you give a gift of any amount to In the Market, call 877-JANET-58, that's 877-JANET-58, or go to inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. Happy Friday to you, friends. Craig Parshall is with me. We dig into stories that are making headlines and look at them from a markedly different perspective on Fridays. And we have a big stack of stories in front of us. And let's dive right in. We're going to start with Israel. Israel is now, excuse me, reportedly gaining operational control in Khan Yonis. And that's important because that's where a whole lot of Hamas leaders are believed to be hiding. Uh, According to the Israeli defense minister who visited a combat engineering unit in Gaza, He has been congratulating soldiers there on their efforts to collapse the tunnel network. And you'll hear before that even when a markedly biased publication like The New York Times, which has a history of being anti-Israel in its reporting, 
talks about how massive these tunnels are. It was a wake-up call. Now, those of us who've traveled before, in fact, Craig and I were supposed to go down into the tunnels with the IDF at one point, and there was another incursion that day, so for our safety, we couldn't go down into the tunnels. But if you've ever seen the map, anybody who's ever traveled to London or been to London, you'll see the map of the tube, and you see how complex it is. It looks like a vascular system in the human body. That's 55% of the size of the tunnels in Gaza. So they've been digging these tunnels for close to a decade, and that's how they move supplies. That's so they move terrorists. And Israel's known this all along, by the way. So uh, they uh, are moving forward to get this system of tunnels to collapse because that's a way of stopping the movement of munitions and terrorists as well. More than 100 terrorists surrendered in the past two days, and many more were found dead in the tunnels. Israel doesn't believe artillery is responsible for the deaths of nine people at the UNRWA building in Gaza on Thursday. More on what they've been doing, and it's not nice. Uh, It is still examining the ground operations and the possibility that Hamas hit the building. Meanwhile, in The Hague, there's a decision. And Craig and I are going to talk to you about that because it's extremely significant. But let me turn to George Thomas with CBN News because, again, we're beginning to understand the role that Iran is playing in all of this. Have a listen. The Islamic mullahs in Tehran have dubbed it their axis of resistance. Uh, What the uh, supreme leader there calls his ring of fire around Israel is to build up these terror groups, these proxies for Iran, to do the fighting for Iran so that Iran doesn't have anybody come knocking on its doorstep. Since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, Iranian proxies in Lebanon, Syria, Iraq and Yemen have dramatically upped their strikes against Israel and U.S. interests in the region. Iran didn't uh, arm and equip and train and finance the Houthis, Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, Shia militia groups in uh, in Iraq uh, to use these resources for their own benefit at their own discretion. Iran did all that so it would have a capability through its proxies to act as it's acting now. The U.S. responding with attacks on the proxy militias. We have taken military action against sites in Iraq and Syria that are also tied to the IRGC, uh, which supports these militias. We have said quite clearly that we hold Iran responsible uh, for the groups, the proxies uh, that, uh, that it supports and that it provides weapons to. Iran's Revolutionary Guard forces in just the past week have also launched direct attacks on three of their close neighbors, Iraq, Syria and Pakistan. These multiple flashpoints now causing concern of a much broader conflict pitting Iran and its allies against Israel and the United States. It just shows just how dangerous the situation is in the wider Middle East. It's all part of their strategy, but ultimately they want us to be fighting these tentacles so that we get bogged down and distracted. What we really need to focus on is the head of the octopus, and that's Iran. Iranian-backed militias have launched more than 140 rocket and drone attacks against U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria since October 7th, the most serious attack happening at the Al-Assad airbase in western Iraq this past weekend. CENTCOM reporting that a number of U.S. personnel sustained traumatic brain injuries. It was a very serious attack uh, using a capability of ballistic missiles uh, that pose a genuine threat. Richard Goldberg, who handled the Iranian portfolio at the White House National Security Council, says such actions show Iran is clearly undeterred and has no reason to rein in its proxies, whether it's Houthi rebels targeting shipping vessels in the Red Sea 
or militias attacking our U.S. troops in Syria. But remember, Iran is looking at the big picture here, and the Biden administration's policy is still to give money to Iran while all of this is going on. We have $10 billion flowing from a Biden sanctions waiver today that the Iranians are benefiting from. George Thomas, CBN News. Well, let me continue in talking about UNRWA. I touched on that a moment ago, and UNRWA is an agency in the United Nations. It's the UN Relief and Works Agency. This story will remind us yet again that that building is taking up space in New York. The word is out now, and this is a stunning revelation at one level, not surprising on the other, that apparently this agency, UNRWA, Uh, was a body that was providing aid for Palestinian refugees. They are now announcing that they're doing an investigation into allegations that some of its employees were involved in Hamas's murderous attack on Israel on October 7th. They weren't providing aid. They were terrorists. They were involved in the action. So the agency said in a statement that it has severed ties with these employees And uh, this development has garnered uh, worldwide attention with the United States announcing that right now it is pausing additional funding for UNRWA at this time while these allegations are under review. And uh, it doesn't surprise me at all, Craig, because they are in Gaza. They've been there. They're supposed to be about distributing aid. But now if these allegations prove true, I wonder if it was just 12 employees of this U.N. group that was actually a part of the terrorist attack. Yeah, and let's remember that Israel did uh, change some of its military strategy to accommodate the so-called relief efforts Mm -hmm. to Gaza. This is a nation that had been brutally assaulted, its people slaughtered down at the border near Gaza uh, without reason, without justification. Uh, But Israel did make some accommodation to make sure that relief efforts came in not for Israel, but for the people in Gaza. And now we find out that those relief workers perhaps were involved in the attacks well, themselves. And- what, what, a, um, what a bitter turn of events for a nation struggling to do the right thing, but yes. struggling also to defend its borders and its people from these terrorists. And it, and it underscores the questionable nature of the United Nations. Now, I realize some might say, well, you can't indict the whole body. No, you're right. I'll just indict most of it from their climate uh, positions to their advancing abortion on demand. Well, but we can look, Janet, we can look at the last decade or two and probably more of consistent resolutions from that U.N. body against Israel that some of them are openly ludicrous and baseless because I've read them. I've tried to find some justification and I can't find any. Right. So they were there supposedly to give out aid. And if these allegations are proven that they were actually involved in a terrorist attack, uh, that's going to besmirch the whole agency, by the way. But it also underscores what Tom Doyle said. And I want to remind our listeners of that. He had just come back from a humanitarian trip to Israel and he saw with his own eyes that when they try to bring in these aid trucks into Gaza, The Hamas people are shooting the Palestinians. Now, that couldn't come as any surprise because anybody who understands the nature of a real terrorist, not the domestic terrorists we talked about last hour, but I mean bona fide terrorists, 
they want to make sure that the, the aid is used to control people, right? You withhold food, you withhold supplies, you can control your people much easier. So Tom Doyle said they can't, the aid that's coming in, they're having a difficult time even getting to the average Palestinian because Hamas is absolutely preventing that from happening. Controlling it. But that's yep. a picture of a terrorist, isn't it? They don't care about people. You know, they care about power. It's, it's like a mob boss. He'll dispense to, uh, some benefits. You know, I'll protect your candy store. And if you don't pay me, if you don't obey me, well, you just may have an accident and it just may burn to the ground. I mean, these the, the terrorist mentality is not about humanitarian efforts, but the appearance of humanitarian efforts so that you can have people in the U.N. say, aren't these, you know, Hamas is really a good. They're not a terrorist group. Of course, the United States and a, a number of other nations have already put them on a terrorist list and have for years. Well, I applaud the United States for saying, while this is under investigation, they're not going to be giving any more aid to UNRWA because uh, they want to get some answers to some questions. So, But it's just, it's so horrifically disturbing that, in fact, um, the poor Palestinians, again, at my heart breaks for them because Hamas is now the government. They're not duly elected. It's not a democratic form of government. These are people who put themselves in place for the rest of their lives. They lord it over. They threaten the people that are under their boot and they make it miserable for the average Gazan to be able to try to survive. You and I are old enough to remember the phrase and a lot of uh, the phrase was used for some of the problems down in South America about a military junta controlling a country. Well, this is even worse than a military junta controlling an entire nation. These are terrorists uh, on a terrorist watch list who have committed for years, atrocities that are well-documented, and they are entrenched in control. And you and I can't say enough that our heart bleeds, uh, that that we feel terrible for the uh, Palestinian people down there who are being controlled by Hamas. But Hamas is the problem. And until it is eradicated, not just for the good of Israel, but also for the good of the Palestinian people. So we talked about the UN. Remember the legal arm of the UN is the International Court of Justice. Remember when South Africa brought charges of genocide against the nation of Israel? It was a kangaroo court. It was ridiculous. South Africa is not in a position to be judging uh, Israel by any stretch of the imagination given their tattered past. But a ruling came down today. We're gonna to tell you about it right after this. So we said a big decision came down from the ICJ. Remember, this is the legal arm of the United Nations. That means for me personally, right out of the gate, I have issues because I'm not interested in having a United Nations criminal court. They don't share the values of America in far too many cases. American jurisprudence, I think, is exceptional compared to other legal systems out there. And I'm not just a big fan of the United Nations. I'm also not a big fan of what South Africa did when they brought charges of genocide, nonetheless, against Israel. So we talked about that the day that trial started. And uh, part of the process is the judges that sit there, you get to have an additional judge from each country. So there was an additional Israeli judge. There was an additional South African judge. And the decision came down. So I'm going to go back to my friends at CBN News who do a good job of encapsulizing the outcome. Have a listen. The court ruled that South Africa has standing to bring the case and that enough evidence exists for a trial to go forward. In light of the following, the court concludes that prima facie, it has jurisdiction 
pursuant to Article 9 of the Convention, to entertain the case. Given this conclusion, the Court considers that it cannot accede to Israel's request that the case be removed from the general list. However, the judges did not grant South Africa's request for an immediate ceasefire. The Court issued several conditional measures on Israel, including preventing acts of genocide, prevent the incitement of genocide, ensuring basic services and humanitarian assistance to civilians. The IDF is now operating in the heart of Khan Yunus in southern Gaza. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said hundreds of Hamas terrorists are dead underground and many have surrendered. The IDF spokesman tells CBN News a hit on an UNRWA building that killed nine people was not an Israeli air or artillery strike. It's reviewing its ground operations and the possibility it was Hamas fire. Despite the incident, the New York Times is reporting the number of Gazan deaths has dropped dramatically since Israel changed its tactics on the ground several weeks ago. In the meantime, President Biden dispatched CIA Director William Burns to meet with Israeli and Qatari leaders to work on a deal to release all the hostages in exchange for an extended pause in the fighting. The meeting is complicated by leaked audio of Benjamin Netanyahu criticizing Qatar in a meeting with Israeli hostage families. Why do they have leverage? Because they are funding them. I was very angry recently and I did not hide it from the Americans as they renewed the contract of the military base they have with Qatar. Why did not you say anything? I am asking you to return the hostages to us. This is pressure. Why? Because Qatar has pressure on Hamas. First of all, put pressure on Qatar. Founder of Memory that monitors leaders in the region, Yigal Karman, told CBN News he believes Qatar is being disingenuous in the negotiations as longtime supporters of Hamas. Yes, the Hamas is Qatar. Qatar is Hamas. The leaders are there for years, and billions of dollars were funneled to Gaza to build tunnels, 500 kilometers of tunnels. This is not known because Qatar, this emirate, which is very rich, is playing a double game, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, game. Saturday marks the first global international Holocaust Remembrance Day since the October 7th attack. One recent study revealed Nazi and Islamist ideologies share similar views. The Hamas massacre, the worst attack on Jews since the Holocaust, has many allies of the Jewish people declaring, never again is now. Chris Mitchell, CBN News, Jerusalem. So let's go back to what the court did. So the ICJ, the International Court of Justice, stopped short of ordering a ceasefire. I'm not even sure they would have that authority, by the way, nor do I believe that Israel is bound to any directive given from The Hague. And they did not charge Israel with genocide. That's extremely important. So that really came down today. These were charges brought by South Africa. Um the Hague uh, is obviously watching this very carefully, but supporters of Israel reacted with utter dismay at the decision and called it an absurdity, including Israel's prime minister. So I want you to hear what Benjamin Netanyahu said shortly after this ruling came down. Have a listen. Israel's commitment to international law is unwavering. Equally unwavering is our sacred commitment to continue to defend our country and defend our people. Like every country, Israel has an inherent right to defend itself. The vile attempt to deny Israel this fundamental right is blatant discrimination against the Jewish state, 
and it was justly rejected. The charge of genocide leveled against Israel is not only false, it's outrageous, and decent people everywhere should reject it. On the eve of the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, I again pledge as Israel's Prime Minister, never again. Israel will continue to defend itself against Hamas, a genocidal terror organization. On October 7th, Hamas perpetrated the most horrific atrocities against the Jewish people since the Holocaust, and it vows to repeat these atrocities again and again and again. Our war is against Hamas terrorists, not against Palestinian civilians. We will continue to facilitate humanitarian assistance and to do our utmost to keep civilians out of harm's way, even as Hamas uses civilians as human shields. We will continue to do what is necessary to defend our country and defend our people. Mm. Benjamin Netanyahu responding to the ruling from the ICJ. By the way, they directed Israel to, quote, take all measures within its power to prevent genocide and said Israel must, quote, ensure its forces do not commit genocide and ensure preservation of evidence of alleged genocide. Well, that tells me how much, by the way, the ICJ doesn't know about the IDF and the way in which they work. You know, a lot of countries do you, Craig, where they drop leaflets ahead of time saying we're going to be bombing here, so get out ahead of time? Other than the United States in World War II, the answer is no. Don't know any. Exactly. So uh, I I don't think the ICJ has any authority anyway. And I think based on the remarks you just heard from Bibi Netanyahu, thanks very much. We'll take it under consideration and we'll continue doing what we need to do to defend ourselves as the Jewish state. Back after this. of the endless bias spin you hear on mainstream media? On In the Market, we're using God's Word as our guide as we examine today's events. And we want you to be informed and bold about His truth. This is a listener-supported program, so if you value what you hear and you want us to continue on your station, become a partial partner with your monthly support. Call 877-JANET-58. That's 877-JANET-58. Or go online to inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. This is In the Market with Janet Parshall. Craig Parshall is with me. Let me get right back to the topic that we're talking about, which is the ruling that came down just today from the International Court of Justice. These were charges brought by South Africa against Israel, charges of genocide. And the ICJ, again, the legal arm of the United Nations, stopped short of saying they committed genocide, but basically said, don't commit genocide. And if you think genocide's been uh, committed, then make sure you preserve evidence. Craig, you got to talk about this because, I mean, let's start with the clear declaration that you and I have no faith whatsoever and do not even believe in the International Court of Justice. We have our own American jurisprudence here and we are a sovereign nation and that's the way we practice adjudication. But the outcome, uh, you know, that's an embarrassment for South Africa because the charges, which I knew from day one, were going to fall. And they did indeed. So your thoughts? Well, yeah. Look, here's what the UN said. And by the way, I've read their order, their decision. Um it It is an example, I'm not going to say legal absurdity. I won't go that far. I will say it's it's legally vacuous, empty reasoning. Mm-hmm. It, it, in the United States, our Constitution uh, and the way in that the Supreme Court, pursuant to the Constitution, has interpreted the Constitution is that you can't get into federal court uh, or any state court for that matter, Unless you have standing, that is to say, you've been injured in some way or you have a stake in the outcome. Somehow you just can't say, I think I'll file a lawsuit and ask the Supreme Court to rule on blah, blah, blah. 
Because I've always kind of been interested in the Commerce Clause. So come on, judges, justices, give me an opinion about it. You can't do that. You have to show your rights have been infringed or you're somehow impacted by or injured by the issue involved, right? It's called standing. It keeps a lot of frivolous lawsuits, uh, ridiculous lawsuits out of courtrooms. Well, how about standing? What standing does South Africa have in the dispute? And I, it's not a dispute. It's a war between Israel and a terrorist organization. Right. Absolutely none. However... The, the ICJ said they have standing under the common interest uh, uh, rule. What's that? That means if you're a member of the UN, then you could kind of have standing to complain about anything. <laughs> and, and South Africa was found to have standing to bring this lawsuit against Israel because uh, at one point they made public statements disagreeing with Israel's uh, uh, way in which they was executing the war. That gave them standing. Because they publicly said, we don't like what's going well, on. Well, that's why this yeah, was this theater. Is, or it's absolutely theater. And by the way, the ruling by ICJ didn't say anything except you have to obey international law. Well, Israel goes, okay, yeah, well, we already are. We're also defending ourselves and our borders and our people, which is also protected under international law. So it is sound, fury, signifying so, nothing uh, except... It gives you an it gives you a view into the UN mm-hmm. and a collection of nations that are be building a coalition as they have been for decades against whatever Israel does. Well, another reason why I wouldn't give you a nickel for these globalist organizations. I'm sorry, who brought, who went to the ICJ for Russia going after Ukraine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting too. Didn't didn't happen, right? Okay. So in other words, this goes to everything we've talked about this week, whether it was my conversation with Pastor Robert Jeffress or whether it was my conversation with Pastor Jack Hibbs this week. If you want to see where the world is going, keep your eyes on Israel. So these trumped up charges, which even the ICJ, which is, you know, a vacuous organization, couldn't find a preponderance of evidence. There's a standard in the law we use here in the United States uh, that they had committed genocide. So right. uh, it's good news. I'm but they very... wagged their finger at him. So well, that's exactly okay, right. Now, got to behave yourself. You cannot violate the genocide convention. So was that what South Africa really wanted all along was a finger wagging? Because that's no, all they got. They, they, it's, it's like these ACLU lawsuits I used to see for years. Or, uh, the, you know, some of the atheist organizations that bring these uh, assaults against, uh, you know, a prayer at the at the uh, commencement uh, yeah. or, or maybe the president of the United States praying. And they're what they want to do is chip away, chip away, erode, uh, harass and, uh, you know, get some publicity. So apparently they did didn't resolve. It, it, the resolution was zero on this. Exactly. And the war continues nonetheless. So speaking of globalist organizations, let's talk about Satan. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, yeah. <laughs> there is a connection there. He's kind there. of a big deal, big, isn't he? Kind of a big deal. The Bible makes that pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And the Bible also says to expose. He's going to be a small deal. Eventually. Uh, yeah. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So just as we begin this story, greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Don't ever forget that. And uh, we, uh, we're going to expose the deeds of darkness. So I want you to hear a prayer that was, and I, the word prayer in huge quotation marks, because it's not a prayer, by the way. It's blasphemous and it's demonic, and you'll hear it for yourself in a minute. But apparently the Washoe County Commission started their meeting, and they had 
a local Satanist who came up and gave the prayer. Now, again, Craig and I have talked about this over and over and over again. If you have an all-comers policy, you have to be able to allow this. But they can't go out and recruit a Satanist. A Satanist has to show up and say, I want to give the prayer or the invocation or whatever the word is. And so that's what happened. So the fellow's name is Jason Miller. And again, remember, this entity is going to be defeated. He's going to be annihilated. He is going to be utterly destroyed. He's strutting around like he thinks he's going to win right now. And he gets his little minions to show up and declare exactly what Mr. Miller did at the meeting. Have a listen. We will now move into the invocation. Today we have uh, Mr. Jason Miller. Come on up. Thank you for letting us here. My name is Jason. I am an organizer and founder of Reno Satanic, and I am here to give the invocation today. Let us begin. In nomine de nostris, Satanus Luciferi Excelsi, in the name of the eternal rebel against tyrannical authority, in the spirit of your nature of the natural world, the freedoms of thought and expression, unprejudice, intellectual inquiry, economics, and social progress to bring influence and guiding actions of nobility and justice to the decisions made in this chamber today, to act with might in the undertaking of responsibility that may lay ahead of this body before us today. The new age is dawning that these decisions will play a role in. For our liberation, for here and now is our day of joy. Here and now is our opportunity. May we seize this glorious day and its enchanting nights to celebrate the wonders of the natural world as we are all part of its boundless mysteries. In the spirit of the unconquerable sun, the bringer of light and knowledge, we say, Shemham Farash, hail Satan. I'm sorry. First of all, he didn't even know he referenced Romans 1, Craig. He was talking about creation. But number two, because he started out in Latin, I'm asking for a friend here. Uh, If the people who go to a Catholic church and listen to the Mass in Latin are domestic terrorists, does that make a Satanist who starts out his prayer in Latin a domestic terrorist? Just asking for a friend. No. No, I I think they'd say, no, we checked. It's not on our list. Uh, So Satan, you're free to, you know, influence and occupy. So So his declaration for our liberation for here and now is our day. By the way, as an English teacher, I probably I'm not an English teacher, but if I were, I would say, son, we got a few run on sentences there. We need to work on your, your grammar. But he said for our liberation for here and now is our day of joy. Here and now is our opportunity for what? You know, there are two phrases. You had to think about that, didn't no, you? No, <laughs> no. Um, I've already thought about it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to be civil, Janet. I'm, I'm trying to be uh, grace-filled in my response. Uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity to see where the clock is and what's happening in the minds and hearts of people in this country and around the world. And uh, one thing that you can take for sure, if you read from Genesis to Revelation, and I would suggest everybody, have, have you ever read the whole Bible, not in one sitting, obviously, but from Genesis all the way through daily Bible reading until you completely go through the whole scripture, because you see that it's it's a seamless garment. It, it all holds together with some common themes. And one theme is that at the creation, God said this was good. When he created man and woman in the Garden of Eden, he said it's good. 
suddenly things became bad. Sin entered the world. And you, you mentioned Romans. Uh, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul says, even the natural world is groaning under the weight of the fall of man in the garden. In other words, things are broken, not just in human lives in terms of sin, which is true, but the natural order of things in terms of our planet, our our world, our natural world is broken also. It's not perfect. It's very broken. Now, as I heard him talk about the wonders of the natural world, yes, the heavens declare mm-hmm. uh, the glory of God and the beauty of the world he's created for us. Uh, by that, we can see the way in which things are not created by happenstance or by uh, a slow progress of accidents over billions of years. But in fact, the watch that we see made here was made by a watchmaker. So that is true, but it's uh, it's a t- timepiece that's broken. You and I have some grandfather clocks. They need repair. The world needs repair. But uh, the natural world is not as good as it gets. <laughs> he believes it is. He believes heaven is right here, in quotes. We say, no, the kingdom is yet to come. So a member of the commission, after he said what he said, said, uh, I would like to uh, publicly state that I totally disagree with the invocation presenter. And I would like to also ask legal to clarify how the county has to abide and the compliance requirements that's related to the invocation. In other words, it was a oops, how did he get in moment. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break and come right back. By the way, let the record reflect again. Lake of fire destroyed. Uh, You know, it's coming. Just wait. Be patient. Back after this. So we're talking about the devil, and we're going to keep doing that a little bit because um, I think we need to be people who are watchmen on the wall. And remember what Nehemiah says. You've heard me quote this a lot, but it really is an apt picture of where we are today. Look, it's going to get interesting, okay? I'm not the least bit afraid. God has placed us here sovereignly. Again, not the 1700s, not the 1800s. He put us here in the 21st century. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. And Satanists give an invocation at a commission meeting. 10, 20 years ago, that never would have happened. So we've turned our back on God. We've created uh, an emptiness that's being fulfilled or being filled rather by representatives of the world. You have heard us talk quite a bit about the Satanic Temple. Now, this is a goofy group that doesn't believe in Satan. They're nothing but hellish humanists. That should be their more accurate name as opposed to the Satanic Temple. They don't believe in Satan as an entity, but it's all about science to take care of those poor, ignorant, stupid Christians who don't believe in science. And so we're going to create free thinkers. That's what it's really all about. And so they've they've opportunistically jumped in. And wherever a school has a release time program or an after-school program where the kids, and this has been protected by the United States Supreme Court, so it's perfectly legal, where kids can have a religious club meeting, there are some in the school district who are so afraid of uh, organizations with four initials that they're going to be sued that they really and truly think that somehow they have to let the Satanists in. Well, it's a, Craig unpacked it the last time we talked about this perfectly. You really and truly don't have to give equal playing ground to a group that doesn't meet the criteria for a religious club and is fomenting outright animosity and discrimination against another group. 
And so I think it would be real easy for a school to say no, but then that require taking the school attorney and they're already overworked anyway and getting them to look into some First Amendment aspects. And most of the schools, with all due respect, don't have First Amendment experts on their staff. You know, they're about property and acquisitions and unions, that sort of thing. Well, they're trying this full court press, the Satanic Temple. They're trying to go all over the country. And mom and dad, you need to know, and this is Nehemiah, right? What did he say? When you hear the sound of the trumpet, you fight for your families. Well, that trumpet is a-blazing. So the Satanic Temple is now gaining traction because we've turned our back on God. So obviously it's a fertile field. So that's the big picture. It's spiritual warfare. That's the even bigger picture. But they're going to use any kind of fishing bait they can to woo children away from the gospel message. How do I know? Well, I'm not going to play all of it because I'd have to grab for a couple of antacids if I played the whole thing. But I'm going to give you enough for you to hear this little ditty that's been created by the Satanic Temple. It's part of their propaganda and part of their recruiting tools to let you know you don't have to be afraid of us as the Satanic Temple. In fact, boys and girls, just listen to this. Satan's not an evil guy. He wants you to learn and question why. He wants you to have fun and be yourself. And by the way, there is no hell. Science is important so we understand the world. Satan looks for truth. Let's help him, boys and girls. Satan's not an evil Okay, stop. Help. I don't want to hear anymore. But okay. So Satan's not an evil guy. Satan looks for truth. And oh, by the way, there is no hell. Now, Craig, you know, again, this goes back to what you said before about schools do not have to welcome in the satanic group. You're doing that as a group that's set up in purposeful ideological opposition to the Christian club that's on campus. So, um, gosh, you you know, they call moms and dads domestic terrorists when they show up at a school board meeting, but you're going to allow a group whose sole and single purpose is to denigrate the kids who go to the Christian club? Well, I was, I'm wondering if you had a, and by the way, how how to popularize yourself? Well, let's do a catchy jingle. There you go. A catchy little jingle. Satan's that everybody not can... an evil guy. No, there's there not, there's yeah. nothing wrong with this And guy. by the way, there is no hell, want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> well, so there's a lot of folks, in, and most importantly, the Word of God, that says there is. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, some people say, no, don't give me this Bible, you know, angry God, wrath of God stuff in the Old Testament. Give me the love of Jesus. Mm, well, really? Jesus talked a lot about hell. More let than me, he did about heaven. Yeah, let me tell you. he he, And he did because his time on earth, the Son of God came on a short period of time. Um, unbelievable what was accomplished uh, miraculously during that very compressed period of time. So you got to believe that the Lord had his son deliver the most important words during that short period of time. And hell apparently was something he wanted to make sure people didn't end up in, that it is a reality. It is a spiritual uh, reality and he didn't want anybody there. He wants them in his heavenly family, but that's a choice. So if there's no hell, then what they're saying is Christianity is a lot of baloney. <laughs> the word of God is not true. That's really what they're saying. Exactly. And if they're saying that, then gosh, as a lawyer, I spend a lot of time thinking about these things. The Establishment Clause says that government can't allow hostility against religion. 
or any religion. So if you said Buddha is kind of a stupid religion and so are Hindus, (laughs) of course that wouldn't be allowed. But this, yes. Now, why is that? Well, maybe it's because the truth parade is come to town with the Bible and the message of God and there's some folks that just want that circus to move on out of town, well, you know? Speaking of circuses, this recruitment film, I think moms and dads need to know about this little ditty again to make it look like, hey, there's no problem here, right? Whatsoever. We're happy, whoa, happy right. fun-loving people. Did we want... God really say, yeah. you can be a guy, and you know? You what? Know. We, and here's the text as we unpack it. You learn, Come on now, let's all learn to question why. Well... There was a there. There are good questions. And by the way, I think inquiring minds are uh, God respects that. The Holy Spirit uh, informs us in asking the right questions, and I think astute observers of the times that we should be should do that. But there was a question that was asked that really wasn't a question. Did God really say in the garden was not really a question? No. Hath God said it was? God hasn't really said. Right. And I'm going to make you like a God, and I'm going to give you these powers, and you're going to have a great time with me. But hmm, again, nothing changes, the Satanic it? Temple doesn't realize that they're cheerleaders for the very entity they don't believe in. And by the way, there is no hell. Half God said. Hmm, nothing new under the sun. So, Mom and Dad, hear that trumpet? Wait, yeah, yeah, it's blasting. Okay, so you can't be passive. You have to be actively involved. You need to teach them. Hang the Word of God like a necklace around their neck. Raise them up the way they should go. Get in the Word as a family. Have family devotions. Show them what it's like to have Christ in your life and what that means to follow someone who gave their life for your children, for you, and for me. And by the way, there is a hell. And in the end, the world is divided into two camps, those who said yes and those who said no. And that won't be such a pretty song. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next time.